The only thing is, boy, there's a lot of speed signed on. But the big problem is a lot of the speed horses are Bafferts. So it's like, all right, who's going to let, who are they going to let go? Who's going to run the blocks? I mean, this is really an impossible little race because of four out of the six horses being Bafford and all of them having speed. And who goes to the front? What's the point? There were these two racing dudes named Aaron and Jared who had advice on racing and they wanted to share it. Started a website where players go to see all their picks. The goal was make the fans some money and to cut down the risk. They put the plan into motion and at first it seemed silly. Make a website where the expert picks are freer than Willie. From a racetrack veteran to just a beginner. There's one place that you want to go to find you a winner. As a matter of fact, I want to hit the exacta. There's only one site that you'll keep coming back to. So next time that the horses all line up at the post, make sure you use the website that'll win you the most. Whether Churchill, Oakland, Gulfstream Parks, and Batoga, and all tracks in between, there's only one side to go to. When it comes to your racing needs and all of your bets, plus it's got a catchy name that no one ever forgets. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets, racingdudes.com, as good as it gets. What is up, I'm Jared Welch. He's Aaron Halterman. It is Thursday, January 5th, 2023. The first show of the year, Halterman. This is Blinkers Off. What's up, man? Did you like that? I thought I was waiting for the who's it's my It's my excited dance. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm pumped. I'm ready. Let's do it. Th- all the horses are three now. Well, all the two-year-olds are now three. So now we can officially talk about the Kentucky Derby Trail. Exactly. And that's why I'm pumped. And that's why I had the dance to kick off the show. No, I'm not going to do the stupid Sonic thing. got my own thing. <laughs> you don't, I, I don't do the dance anymore. Uh, that's, that's, that's my advice. Okay. <laughs> oh, man. What is up? I hope everyone had a good, um, good new year. Everyone... Uh, is uh, hanging in there and of course we have two derby preps this weekend with uh the, the newly formed three-year-olds so it's uh like i said it's officially kind of on and uh it, it, it you don't blink because it will be the it'll be the rebel with like in two weeks it feels like yeah and you know we do we have two official derby preps and Kind of a third that's not a, actually a, a prep, but might be one that we're going to talk about as well as far as producing horses to go on to Derby Prep. So it's the fun part of the year. It's finally here. So, uh, yeah, I mean, Gulfstream Park is heating up. Uh, we had a carryover today at Aqueducts. I mean, it's it's crazy. we got Oakland coming back in full swing now. So, yeah, it's it's a lot of good stuff. We had a derby prep uh, while we were gone, uh, or on not while we were gone, but Sunday uh, that we didn't talk about in the Smarty Jones. That was fun. So it's it's that time of year where each weekend you see a horse and it's like, oh, that might be good. You know, that might be a horse that's going to be really good. So, um, and I expect that this weekend as well. Yeah, and uh, you know we are. Uh, this is kind of the time of the year like, whenever you're. I would say the next four weeks, let's call it where you, you know, whenever we draft horses in our league, or even you know, if you're just, you know, watching these two-year-olds in, in, you know, after the Breeders' Cup say, there's a lot of time to be like, well, not really time to be concerned yet because they're not, they're not in the barn or, or they're, you know, you know, if you look at extra Anejo's situation, you're like, well, not really concerned yet, but we'll see. 
But you get in these next four weeks and horses that you kind of liked, um, if they don't start showing up, if they don't start, you know, being on the work tabs, if they don't start entering, entering races, um, or maybe they enter the turf or whatever it is, like this is when you, you start kind of shaking it out in terms of the bigger picture, you know, because a lot of these trainers, obviously they work safe, you know, if you're the Arkansas Derby, you're, you're like, okay, how do I get to the Arkansas Derby? Well, we got to get to the Rebel, then we got to go run in the Southwest or whatever it is. Just kind of work your way there. So this is these next four weeks, I feel like are so vital for these horses, um, not counting like the Fortes and, and, and Cave Rock, some of those that we, we've very established that we know those horses are going to be on the trail. The ones that you're kind of waiting to see, like name any Brad Cox horse out of his barn or name, you know, the list of Bafferts that are, aren't named um, Cave Rock and National Treasure and some of those horses. So you're kind of waiting to figure out what some of these horses are going to be. Yep, yep, pretty much. And your logins and your extra Aneos, you better see them on the workout tab this month or first to next, or you can forget it. So that's always kind of a fun thing as well. And yeah, it's it's the, this first round definitely can can produce that horse that okay, here's Forte, here's Cave Rock, they're kind of up here, but now here's this one and he's coming on and he's developing and he's getting right up there to them, and then they're going to match up in those big ones, and so. That's what makes it fun. The Derby Trail is is just a ton of fun every single year. And look, it's it's just getting going. It's just this is just the tip of the iceberg. Who do you like more? Uh, you know, you and I both have uh, one of many, um, or I guess two of many, uh, Brad Cox horses, Victory Formation, uh, who looked awesome, and uh, and then my horse, Corona Bolt, looks like heading to the Southwest. It's kind of funny. Mine ran at Fairgrounds. Your ran, yours ran at Oakland. We're gonna we're gonna swap places. It looks like with Corona Bolt going to the Southwest. I would imagine, um, you know, your horse in in, in uh, you know in one of the Risen Stars, something like that at, at Fairgrounds. So you know, who do you like more between those two? I think they're very interesting. I think Corona Bolt has more talent. Um, I think Victory Formation has a little bit more of a pedigree two-turn, especially going long two-turn type of uh, you know stride to him, so to speak. But I think Corona Bolt is more talented of the two, and it's just the question of can he go long? And I don't know. It's 50-50 where I think Victory Formation is going to be able to go long, but he doesn't have the talent of Corona Bolt. I do know one thing. It's nice to be Brad Cox right now. He's got like 12 (laughs) horses that are really good. Those are just two of them. I don't know. Corona Bolt, from a talent perspective, he might be the most talented one I've seen yet for the Brad Cox barn. Well, you know, you and I were talking about this yesterday, just between you and I. I was just like, who the hell knows, right? Like, I think you're going to, with these Brad Cox horses, you're basically just going to, we're going to find out together which ones are good and what, you know, or which ones maybe want to go long, which, because we know that they're going to all start popping up in these, in these prep races and you know what they're going to do it it, this definitely feels like uh trying to decide you know decipher the whole move from one you know one track to the next you know what does that mean does he like one over the other um it's really been hard to read kind of get an idea of who he likes more out of of any of them frankly yeah it is you know uh it's going to get harder coming up because he has so many of them that he's going to start running them on top of each other and that's kind of when you, you start to say, well, who's better here, this one or this one? And you're right. How it unfolds is going to tell us. Uh, you got to use your eyes and you got to trust your judgment. And you know, like I said, I think Corona Bolts is best uh, as far as talent. I'm talking about talent is concerned. Um, but, you know, can he go long? Who knows? And that's that's just going to be the key. And so 
uh, they're going to be tough to separate. And that's going to be a real key to, you know, the middle America, so to speak, talking about fairgrounds, Oakland preps, yeah. he's going to be in all of them. Right. And he's probably going to be the favorite in a lot of them. Uh, <laughs> unless we see, you know, you never know who's going to come into ship or whatever, but he's going to be favored in a lot of these races and rightfully so. And you got to have to figure it out. Uh, and by the way, yeah, I see, uh, Faustin, yeah, congratulations on your addition of Faustin to your team. Seven-way shake this week um, in the first round of uh, of claims for start one of the year. Had a seven-way shake for Faustin, and uh, lo and behold, our dictator somehow magically got it. So congratulations. What are your plans for Faustin? What do you think you're going to see from him? Uh, obviously, a horse that looks like <laughs> if they had a two-mile race, that's the race you want him in. Yeah, I think, I think you know, everybody watched it and can see that he was really good and he got stopped and he came from out of it. And I, I think the only concern with him is a lot of the Baffert runners, they don't really come from off the pace like he did. I'm hoping when they stretch him out, he sits a little bit closer. Uh, I know right after the race, they really didn't shy away from the fact that this horse is going on the Derby Trail and they're already thinking, you know, Santa Anita Derby, stuff like that with this horse. So I thought it was a big, big pickup, uh, one that – I needed after Arabian Lion kind of, you know, went backwards. But listen, uh, horses that have six, seven, eight, nine-way shakes in our league have horrific records after. I know, them. right? So it's you know, you give me a lot of crap about it, but the bottom line is, in the past, they have not worked out whatsoever. Um, it's been the ones that have had one or two people go after him. So yeah. we'll see. But he he looks solid. There's no doubt. Well, funny story. I to those that maybe haven't been paying attention, you know, the league a long time. Um, the year we had, and I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe it was the year of uh, what was the horse at Gulfstream that we had like a ten way shake for? Oh, Hidden Scroll. Scroll. The year of Hidden Scroll. I of course had one in on that horse as well as we all did. I think um, didn't get it, of course, because I've never won a shake. But my my backup was Country House. Yep. Who won the Kentucky Derby. Well, won the Kentucky Derby still. So the point is, to your point, I mean, it was my backup. And that's what, you know, so you never know with these horses. Um, still early. That was early. That was early. That was, well, I guess that would have been like, well, it was Pegasus. So early February is when mm -hmm. maybe we did that. So, uh, but yeah, lots could change, obviously. Just because a horse looked really good on debut doesn't really mean a whole lot. You know, the COVID year, and I can't remember the horse somebody was going for, but it was like a five, six-way shake, and I lost it. My backup was Art Collector, and that year, Art Collector won the Bluegrass at Keeneland. Yeah. He won a bunch of the little races that kind of helped get me to the winner, uh, finally to the winner circle uh, when Authentic, who I also owned and I had from the start, won the Derby. But I wouldn't even have been in position if I hadn't have gotten Art Collector, and I didn't even really want Art Collector that day. So it just kind of shows you what happens. Wasn't was that wasn't prevalence a pretty high, uh, pretty heavy uh, claim as well? Yeah, prevalence was huge. Uh, there was another nine way shake for one. I, again, I cannot remember. Prevalence was big though. Yeah, uh, it may have been him. There was nine way, but there was another nine way shake as well. And like I said, they they they've never really worked out. Uh, when everybody wants that same horse, it it doesn't usually work out. Um, yeah, I, I mean, and it's like, I also wonder, you know, we, I guess we still have yet to see kind of Arabian nights, you know, big kind of 
coming out party, so to speak, but a lot of hype on him, of course, um, after that debut. But, you know, with 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 Baffert seemingly in the sham, I mean, he's got like four horses in the race. Um, with him seemingly having just countless options to get horses into the Derby, you kind of wonder if any of these, any of his that aren't like, say, the Arabian Night, if that, if that is his star, um, or if Cave Rock comes back to that, or whatever it is, if some of these horses, you know, having such a uh, an option or having such a bit large options, like if one kind of stumbles his toe a little bit where you just say, you know what, we don't see a lot of that horse until later. Like he's a lot more patient. So like say a Faustin for your case, if he doesn't run great next time out, or maybe he just isn't training like he wants him to, he's not going to force him into getting him ready for a race because he's got such large options um, with his three-year-olds right now. Well, to that point, Arabian Night not nominated for the sham, and I thought that was kind of weird, and that caught me a little bit off guard. I talked about it in the latest Kentucky Derby rankings. It's weird not to see Arabian Night in this race. This was kind of the race everybody said he was going to, and and just literally what you just said is probably what it was. It doesn't really mean he's hurt. It just means, hey, eh, he's eh, just maybe not quite ready. I've got six or seven other ones, in this case four other ones I'll throw in this race. And maybe we'll wait for the next one uh, for Arabian night. So, I mean, is it the worst sign ever that he wasn't nominated? No. Is it the best sign? No. No. Last I saw was obviously they've just moved him forward now to being a possible for the Robert B. Yep. Um, not huge issue, but again, we've only seen this horse run once. Yep. Um, and so like we talked about in the opening, we won't keep, keep going on here, but the, like the more, the closer you get in this frame here, this, this next month or so, you don't start to see some sort of movement there, <clears throat> you know, sometimes no news is not good news in terms of that. <laughs> no news is really bad news. Um, that, you know, obviously being an extra Neho, uh, someone who traded up to try to get him, you know, in the next month, I better see him uh, back in the barn. If not, then I'm concerned. He has to come back by end of the month, first of February, or as far as the Kentucky Derby goes, it's, it's not going to happen. Right? right. You could take kind of the back, door approach to the Preakness and go like a Lexington Preakness, something like that. But as far as the Derby specifically, you better see him back. Um, and, you know, that's the thing with him and with Loggins. They're the same same thing. They may be horrific draft picks that you never get points for, or they could be the big-time studs that you hope. And it's all going to just come down to how quickly they can get back and if they are you know can stay in, in that good uh, shape once they get back. All right, let's not waste any more time here. Today's show, let's get into some derby preps. We're going to give uh, preview and give picks for this weekend's two derby prep races, $150,000 Jerome Stakes at Aqueduct and the 100 k Sham Stakes at Santinita Park. Then we're give some rapid-fire selections for some of the remaining major races, not stakes races, just all races. We are going to include an allowance race at Gulfstream Park on Sunday. We want to talk about Gulfstream Park. Oaklawn Park has the Pippin. And, of course, Santinita um, also will run the... Uh, Santa Inez on Sunday as well. Let's go. Basically, right before we got on air here, the um, entries came out for the Santa Anita uh, Sunday card. So we're going to kind of, we both have looked at it, obviously. We had an idea, I think, um, going into it, but we're going to kind of handicap this uh, with you guys. Um, look at the race. We're going to start with the Jerome, but when we do the sham and we do the Santinez, we're going to go through these races together um, and kind of go, get, kind of get an over overall um, look at the each race. 
Yeah, uh, past performance has been out about 30 minutes as we speak. So um, I, I think we'll be able to formulate a couple of picks, especially San Juan Inez, because that was kind of supposed to run last week and didn't because uh, they canceled. But, yeah, the sham, pretty much pre uh, like fresh eyes here is what we're going to be looking at with. And yeah, to Shadi's point, like, uh, and, and I think anybody that does a league like this or does uh, any sort of competition with your friends or family um, during this time of the year, it it gets you very much invested this time of the year. Um, and and I I always and I give Halterman a lot of shit um, every year about being. Like and that doesn't doesn't surprise me, even though he did make a claim, so he's down to zero. But he did have the lead in the league at twenty points, and it's just the same every year. He, there's no one better at getting points early in the season, and it's it's a hit, and he'll admit it at the end of the season. He, he he's having he has a hard time having a horse in the Derby, but he gets points so early, and it, again, it's a strategy of of how he you know he know, like these horses look at uh, victory formation who just won. But obviously, Rudder's Men runs this weekend in, in a allowance race, but he could get points uh, for that. Reincarnate is going to be in the sham. Um, there's points there. So it wouldn't surprise me at all to get uh, Reincarnate in the winner's circle and, you know, to get another point because this guy knows how. And it's, again, whereas my strategy is always I have, like, I'm treading water for until April. And then all of a sudden, I win two preps, and then I have, like, one of the top derby picks. So it's just, like, that tends to be the difference in our styles. Yeah, uh, that's definitely true. And I, I think with the penalty suit not being in play, that style doesn't need to be employed quite as much anymore. But I yeah. tend to try to pick the horses that are already pretty established. And I always pick horses that are always in training the night of the draft. I do not want horses that are missing. So that's why I like an extra Nejo or a Loggins uh, just – I'm not going to take a horse like that very often. Yeah. And to your point, I definitely, um, no penalty suit. <laughs> I, I'm much more open to yeah. claiming somebody and, and being negative just because it's like, well, I, you know, it's like the John White strategy, I call it because that they, they make, a, they, they make a claim every week. I feel like. Yeah. He's not where he was never worried about the penalty suit, even when it was around. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he, he knew Ryan was going to wear it. So yeah, he knew he wasn't wearing it. So it wasn't a problem for him. So can you like, imagine us making John white wear a suit? I mean, that would be. <laughs> Honestly, I, I would bet he doesn't even know about it. That's probably not <laughs> that, you know, that it ever, ever existed. So, and meanwhile, you know, Ryan's like sweating bullets every, every claim they make. <laughs> John, are you sure? Are you sure well, Ryan, Ryan called me one year and he, it was the year I actually took the suit off, uh, you know, and he's like, look, I don't like, I, I trust John completely. He's like, I don't follow this just like hardcore, like everybody else. And I, I can't wear that suit. I don't know if I can play. <laughs> I was like, don't worry, the suit's going away. He's like, thank God, I love it, but I, I can't do the suit. <laughs> it's all it's all fun and games until it's you in the suit. So I think the year before he got not close, but it was like he could have at some point. He's like, I couldn't, I couldn't sleep at night. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I I take a lot of credit and a lot of blame in the same sentence uh for that because I, I yep. feel like I, I set the bar so high. And we really ruined it um, after that because it became people became so fearful to even <laughs> to even attend the races after that. Well, what happened was it kind of ruined the league because when you when you saw you couldn't win, you didn't even 
or when you didn't have any chance at all, like even a little bit of chance to win, but they would just quit and turtle not to get last. And so yeah. it was like, this is kind of ruining the purpose. So we had to make some changes, unfortunately. Yeah, uh, I like the way it is now. Um, yeah. The new way. If you get, you know, obviously, the worse you get, the more you have to pay. But at the same time, you're still safe from showing up to uh, the Breeders' Cup wearing a blue or a purple uh, <laughs> suit with a naked bodysuit. So yeah, um, yeah, could be worse. And they're off in the Jerome. All right, let's uh, let's kick things off here on Saturday at Aqueduct. Race eight, the Jerome Stakes, 150K for three-year-olds going one mile. Kentucky Derby uh, prep points on the line, 10-4-3-2-1 for your top five finishers. Field of eight lines up for this one, led by uh, loser last time out, Arctic Arrogance. At eight to five, though, for Linda Rice is your favorite neural network. Uh, the impressive debut winner last time out, seven to two for Chad Brown, four to one on Lugan Knight for McCarthy. General Bankers at eight to one, six to one, and and Hanmo a friends. Um, where are you going in this race? And do you do you trust Arctic Arrogance here? Um, even though uh he lost last time out. Okay, so I I do trust him. However, I'm gonna pick against him on top. Like I think Arctic Arrogance will show up with a with a good race. I think he's gonna be, you know, tough to beat, slash the horse to beat, however you want to put it. I kind of think Lugan Knight is worth a shot in this race, though. So I put the number four Lugan Knight on top at four to one. Here's why. Really good debut. Got second, only beaten a length in three quarters. Next time out at Keeneland, broke uh, the maiden. Looked pretty good. And both figures were pretty solid. Next time out at Churchill Downs, his last race, he was third, only beaten a length and a half to Victory Formation and two Eagles River. Those two horses are really nice. And I think those two horses... Uh, could come up here and and compete and do very well in this situation. I like Lugan Knight in this spot. I, I I think that that last race was a pretty good sign. The horse can do it. I'm not a huge huge fan of Arctic Arrogance, although I do concede that he's got a good shot to win this race without any doubt. I think Lugan Knight is going to pull off a little bit of an upset here. I think the flat mile is going to be okay for him. I wouldn't want to go much further with him. I think he's going to be tough here. I'm going to go Lugan Knight on top to pull a mild upset. All right. Well, uh, we're one for one on the, on the green here. So I actually went with the four as well. I I, I thought about playing Arctic Arrogance because I do agree that, like, this horse, I mean, should be tough to beat. Um, it wasn't like the horse ran poorly last time out. I feel like that winner uh, was ran a pretty pretty good race that day. Got a nice buyer number as well, but... I, I, I that last race with victory formation it wasn't like the horse was like one of those where it's like victory formation and then like eight links back was lugan knight i mean this horse ran okay and it was kind of coming late uh making up ground has is kind of that's a, what the horse has done in the last couple efforts uh like the way the horse has gotten better with each start and gold sense i'm with you i, I obviously you and i are both huge golden sense guys and uh, you know, going further than this, maybe I would be concerned, but I, I have no problem with the horse going a mile, uh, uh, given that uh, there's plenty of speed in this race and this horse has shown to kind of be tactical off the speed. I, I'm with you. I, I think the, the five and the six um, there are shows plenty of speed. The three has shown speed. The, the two has shown speed. I think we're going to see a nice little setup here for our horse here than the four. 
I hope so. It seems like that's what should happen when you look at it on paper. I hope you're right about that. And he should be able to get first run. And again, at four to one, I'll take my chances. And I think Arctic Arrogance is going to be more like six to five, even money. Uh, but I don't think eight to five is a bad morning line. Don't get me wrong. But I do think uh, he will get bet down a little bit from that. And it could juice up the prices of these other horses. Uh, the one horse neural network for Chad Brown he might be okay, and and that's one that I think if you wanted to take a shot with, you could do it. But I just kind of think Lugan Knight, a little more experience coming into this race, has faced a little bit better horses than, honestly, maybe any of these other, other horses in the race. So I kind of want to just take a little swing with the horse. Hopefully we get the setup that you're talking about. You know, out of all of these horses, because I, I, I'm not I'm not a huge – I, this like for one the, the six could definitely win here no doubt about it if he did not going to be surprised one bit um i don't necessarily look at this horse as being a legit derby candidate at all um so if you're going to get points for this horse i think you get him early so that's very possible the one horse that i see that could be something in, and i'm not saying he is but we'll find out in this race is the one horse neural network because obviously that debut was very impressive get the right connections, Klarovich, Chad Brown, you know, that race didn't come back super strong. Cloud computing as a sire is still very questionable, but if this horse can do what he did in that debut and do it again here, he becomes a serious player, at least in this New York uh, division as we lead up to the Derby, I think. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And I, I think that's kind of the key. The last uh, sentence you said makes the most sense to me is, Hey, the New York division, it's kind of there until we get to the wood. And then in the wood, you see shippers and it's like, okay, now right. can they do this? Uh, it kind of becomes a whole different ball game. But up in New York, these first preps, they're kind of their own little thing, right? I mean, Jerome, the Withers, the Gotham, it's pretty much a mixed bag what you're going to get at those races. And then the then the wood comes and it's like, oh, there's Modonagal. Well, let's see if these New York horses can beat a horse like that. So that's that's what we're looking at at this point. Yeah. Um, I, and I don't know. I mean, to me, it, it, we've talked, we've, we've talked about it all the time about how the, the New York circuit is so weird with, with the, the, the way they run their races and the distances they run their races is where they see the, um, the shorter race later in the year and then the longer race earlier in the year sometimes, you know, just, so you get, you're able to kind of get a horse further down the road. I feel like in that New York circuit, um, more so than other circuits because of the way they run them. And then you get, to, like you said, you get to the wood and then it's like, okay, you, you either are, or you aren't in, at that point. So, and we seem, seems that that happens uh, most, most years. So um, is there anyone in this race, any like massive up to, uh, upsets you could see happening here? Like a, uh, you know, is general banker very interesting to you or is anyone in this race um, you could see uh, pulling off a big upset? It's always tough to say no on this circuit because it, it can happen and we've seen it happen and it's kind of a little bit unexplainable when it does. Uh, you know, Venezuelan day first off the claim for Linda Rice ran pretty well last time. I don't know. Maybe that's a horse that can, can kind of replicate that general banker ran huge last time out. Yeah. Those are kind of the two I would look at as maybe, you know, they weren't great early and they kind of woke up and now maybe, Maybe they're getting to that level where they can compete in these races. So the three or the seven is probably who I would look at. I'm not real interested in the five because I think we've kind of seen the best of him. Um, where this three and seven, maybe they're getting a little bit better. 
All right. Yeah. I think it's always tough because you, you, you kind of, a comp, it's, it's which way is it? Is it okay? These horses aren't very good. And so it does present a possibility for an upset or okay. These horses aren't very good. So the six should definitely win kind of thing, you know, or whatever mm-hmm. it is, because it's like kind of that fine line. Um, but you and I both, uh, and it sounds like a few people in the chat as well, are looking to pull out a little bit of a minor upset here with the four Lugan Knight. And they're off in the sham stakes. All right, let's go to Santa Anita on Sunday. Race eight, the grade three sham stakes worth 100K for three-year-olds going one mile. And again, Kentucky Derby points, I should, I mean, are sort of on the line here. 10-4-3-2-1 for your top five finishers. Five of them get points, Halterman. There's six in the race, and four of them are Bob Baffert. So what that tells you is it's possible that only one horse is going to get points in this race. So we'll find out what happens here. But Bob Baffert just loads the field up here with Newgate, National Treasure, Speedboat Beach, and Reincarnate. All four back to back to back there in the top you're one through four in the gate. And then you got Paxil Wallop and then the six. For Mark Glatt, Mike Smith riding spun intended, who looked awesome last time out. So yeah, we, we you and I this this race just came out a little bit ago. Um, we we barely had time to even look at it, so we're gonna look at this together and go through these uh, these kind of one by one. But initial thoughts when you look at this field. Well, I'm interested to see what National Treasure does, and I think we can kind of use this as a measuring stick because we saw what he was like against Cave Rock and Forte, and so. You know, how he comes back here is going to be interesting. I, I think he's pretty solid. I like that Johnny V jumps aboard here. I think that's a good sign as well. Um, boy, first glance, though, there's a lot of speed in the race. And I don't think he's going to be on the lead. Really interesting that they've entered speedboat beat mm-hmm. in this race. Uh, is he a rabbit? Or is he uh, can go to the front and, and take him gate to wire type? That's going to be very interesting. Three races on the turf. By the way, he did win going a mile on the turf. Now he's going to try it on the dirt. Dude, I, it's going to be one of those things that I just, I don't know that he doesn't seem probable to me. I think the, I don't think it's, I don't think that he entered him as a rabbit. I'll just put it that way. I, to me, it's it's almost a little too striking, um, especially getting Pratt aboard where, where you obviously had options, you know, They've, where they want to run this horse and they chose to run him here. I I think you could be looking at a situation where we we look back and say, wow, he just went gate to wire. Like, no one could catch him. The only thing is, boy, there's a lot of speed signed on. But the big problem is a lot of the speed horses are Baffert's. So it's like, all right, who's going to let, who are they going to let go? Who's going to run the blocks? I mean, this is really an impossible little race because of four out of the six horses being Baffert and all of them having speed and who goes to the front? What's the plan? I don't know. Uh, And honestly, like Newgate, like whatever Um, national treasure to me, you know, first round pick in our fantasy league. Uh, I think shoddy and them have Mm -hmm. that one. Um, You know, that's the, that's the most interesting Baffert in here reincarnate you have I think you got that horse late in the draft uh you know Speedo Beach wasn't even drafted so that makes the horse interesting if this horse goes and and looks good National Treasure though to me has the most to lose um because of the fact this horse uh ran in the in the in the juvenile the Breeders Cup and then of course was 
it was kind of, you know, going into it, I think a lot of us thought we, it would be the Baffert double, and then Forte kind of showed his thing in the, in the Breeders' Cup, and National Treasure got third. It wasn't like he ran poorly. It just obviously was not good enough uh, to win the thing or even, you know, hit the top two. So my point is National Treasure, like lots on the line for this horse. He's got to show something here. If you can't, if he can't win this race or run very, very, you know, close second or something like that, um, I would be a little concerned uh, for him moving forward. And and on top of that, we talked about before Bafferts. I think this spun intended is, is pretty damn good. Uh, and I, I personally think the way this race sets up, he's going to have a real shot in this race. He might just beat them all. Uh, I, I'm definitely going to use spun intended in this race. Uh, you know, that race last time out was pretty damn impressive. Son by uh, son of hard spun out of a first dude mare. Definitely can get a mile. Don't know if a mile and a quarter. Don't have to worry about that today, though. Um, yeah, I'm with you. I, I kind of think this horse has got a big time shot. Uh, he's another one. Where are we going to place him in the race? Um, I from Southside Post, I'd almost like to see him kind of sit second or third kind of behind those speeds and be right. the first one to pounce. And I think, you know, with national with speedboat beach in the race, maybe he gets out in front Newgate's out there as well. And then kind of national treasure and spun intended are sitting there waiting to make the first move. You got to think drawing, you know, drawing outside, uh, outside of all the speed outside, outside of every horse, all the Bafferts, Mike Smith, who rode this horse last time um, on that win can kind of, decide on what he wants to do uh in terms of the way this race is setting up but yeah i mean ran at six and a half furlongs last time out the stretch out to a mile is not a concern whatsoever um to me this is a, a situation where i think we might with national treasure we might be overvaluing him a little bit in terms of well you know he he's classy he ran in the breeders cup but is he really how good is he he's gonna kind of have to prove it Speedboat Beach, what is that? Is he a, is he a rabbit? Is he a turfer? What is he? Reincarnate, again, another situation. Newgate, we kind of figure out what... You know, my point is, whether we have all these Bafferts, and it kind of feels like an opportunity where, like you said, it might just be like spun intended. It's just better than all of these Bafford horses in this case. Yeah, I, I could definitely see it. I, I think, end of the day, I'm going to go two National Treasure on top, six spun intended second, and... I think my horse, the four, reincarnate is like a pick up the pieces for third after a couple kind of stop type of horse. So that's kind of how I see it. I, I think National Treasure, you know, he has experience going two turns where Spun Intended doesn't. I think that's a, you know, a, kind of a, a, a good thing for him. And just experience facing better horses is a good thing for him as well. So I couldn't get all the way there with Spun Intended on top. I am going to go National Treasure on top, but like I said, it's a tricky race, and I can honestly say none of them would really shock me. Um, no, no, I, I honestly, if Newgate won, I'd be a little shocked, um, to be honest with you. But it's Bob Baffert, I don't know how shocked I would be to Tory riding. Uh, listen, I, to me, my advice would be at this race, if you're like Speedboat Beach is a, is a horse you're either keen in first or you're leaving off completely. I think he's all an all or nothing type of play here um he's he's either going to win this thing you know gate to wire or he's kind of in there for as a rabbit like we talked about i i'm going spun intended on top i i just the more i tried to kind of like you know make myself pick a baffer because it's baffer because you know what i mean and then it's like well look this spun intended 
has done really nothing wrong. Um, you know, he, he ran a great race on debut, just barely got beat by Fort Warren. Um, who's a pretty nice horse for, uh, lo and behold, Bob Baffert, but, uh, you know, the next time out romped. And uh, to me, this horse is, is is one that's maybe a case where you're like, is maybe not kind of like we talked about in the last race is not someone I'm like super pumped about moving forward, but someone that could definitely win here in this situation. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't know that this, this is like I said, it's a really tricky race. I'm really not going to be surprised with anything. If we get a real big performance out of somebody, I, I think that's possible that we could be like, okay, this, this might be a really nice horse. But look at it like this. What if National Treasure wins by three or four links? Then all of a sudden it's like, well, we're clear. It's Cave Rock and it's Forte, and they're really, really good, right? Um, and then National Treasure could lose by four or five. And we go, uh-oh, was that Breeders' Cup Juvenile any good? <laughs> you know, so yeah. it's going to be interesting how that unfolds. This is, like I said, it's a tricky race. Uh, for only six horses, but anytime there's only six in a race and four of them with the same trainer, you get some, you know, for lack of a better word, kind of dickhead type things. That happen. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, to, to, to the point, to that point, it's like, okay, you know, what's, what's national trade now, again, it could all be the opposite if he goes and wins, but it's like, okay, he won his maiden and then he lost in the American Pharaoh and then he lost um to cave rock and uh and forte in the breeders cup now two really good races and if he goes and romps here we can that's you can all three of those horses you can put towards the top of the list certainly forte and cave rock um but yeah to your point if he loses or doesn't run great or if it's kind of like a, a effort then yeah i think you you have to kind of tap the brakes a little bit with with what you saw so um i'm i'm gonna guess this horse is gonna be bet pretty hard so i'm gonna try to beat him with spun intended um looking at this race kind of like we talked about the last race if there is a horse in here it does seem like it it's it's definitely the two that has the highest upside in terms of you know a win here and it's like okay this horse could definitely be legit moving forward Yep. Um, maybe your horse reincarnate, you know, again, somewhat un- unproven. I mean, really any of the Bafferts, but to me, the national treasure horse is the one that I feel most interested in if this horse runs well. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And you're right. Like the reincarnate may surprise you, you know, there's probably going to be one in here. It's like, wow, he's a little bit better than I thought it might be him kind of feels like a hit the board type. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Again, like you said, you'd be a little shocked if Newgate uh, would win, and that's more than fair. But, you know, Frankie DeTore for Bob Baffert at the same time, you're like, oh. And, and same way with Speedboat Beach. If you're against him, by the end of the day, he wins. You're like, well, Bob Baffert and Flavian Pratt just beat me in a, a Kentucky Derby prep in California. Yeah. Right? Like, okay. You know, so that's why this race, I, I, you know, and I haven't looked at the races around it. Hopefully we can single somewhere because – this race is kind of can be a real asshole uh, and knock you out. And with a horse, it's like, how did I let that horse knock me out? Dude. And honestly, like, I think Newgate of everyone in this field is the one like where you're just like, if that horse wins, I would be really concerned about leaving that horse off. Let's put it that way. Even though I don't love the horse at all. It's almost one of those situations where I could almost see it happening. You know what I mean? Where this horse is never, it's not really ran poorly, but never wins. And this would be the race the horse wins. So, yeah. 
I would I would use that horse defensively if you could. I think you you can make a case to use every Baffert in this race. Um, you have you have to take a point a stand at some point. So uh, I'm with the six spun intended, and Halterman's got uh, number two National Treasure on top to win the Sham. Quickly looking at the races around it, this is going to be a hell of a sequence for this pick five. Holy hell! It's tough, and at that point, you've got to you've got to take a stand somewhere. You know? Yeah, my stand's probably going to come in the race we're going to talk about a little bit later, actually. Santinez. Yep. <laughs> Good race. Good race. This is what makes this time of year fun, though. You got these these uh, races that are just a little bit tricky, and but if you're right, you're gonna get uh, you're gonna get rewarded for it. No, for sure. Yeah, it's just that's. I think it's just what, it's like you said, that this time of the year, it's, you got to be careful not to be too much one sided. You know, like yep. oh, Newgate sucks. Like I can't use. It. It's like, well, let's hang on. You know, it's January. Even though I get it, you got to be careful with that with that idea when they're this young that form can really flip on you you know and i I think with newgate he's probably the type if you've liked him before and he's kind of disappointed you then maybe you stay with him i don't know how you're going to jump on him now if you haven't liked him before so that's kind of how i look at him right yeah just ride them till they buck you you know what i mean and keep riding them (laughs) that's right (laughs) get back on Time for Rapid Fire, presented by the Racing Dudes Premium Free Picks. That's right. For years, Racing Dudes handicapping products have been helping horse players around the world cash more tickets. Uh, exclusive picks and plays for each race include win, place, show bets, exact tries, multi-race wagers, uh, best values, likely winners. If not, if that's not all, you can try the Somo Bombs, the Rockets, all these premium selections at racingdudes.com and you can try our free premium selection for one track every single day just look under the free picks at the menu at racingdudes.com you'll see free premium picks and every day we select a track where you can try out our premium picks for free so make sure you check that out at racingdudes.com all right Halter, we got a few to run through here let's go to Gulfstream park on saturday january 7th we'll go to race seven and this is the Dana, Dana Beach Stakes. This is uh, worth 100K for three-year-olds going one mile on the turf. Fiddle 7, Alterman, lines up here. Major dude. Last time we saw this horse was in the Breeders' Cup at 8-5 to five for Todd Fletcher. But Worthington for Maker and Sia is aboard. Loom Dangerous at 3-1. to one. Where are you going? Yeah, this is going to be a really good race here. I, I, have, a, I, I have a lot of uh, opinions on this one. Uh, and, and the first opinion is I'm going to go against Major Dude. I hope he takes money. I don't want any part of him in the spot. I'm really excited the two horses to the outside, number six, Zozak, and number seven, Worthington. I think they're the two best horses in the race. You take a look at Worthington. This horse has won two in a row, Keelan and Churchill Downs at this distance. Uh, he looks more than ready to me to take on Stakes Company. And then let's look at Sozak, Salzak. I don't know how you want to say it. Horses won three in a row overseas. Now comes over here with Graham Motion, Joel Rosario. I got to think he's been facing better. I like the six to get the job done here over the seven. Uh, I think it's going to be one of these two. I do like the four congruent just a bit as well. But I'm six, seven in this spot, and I'm against Major Dude. I'm with you. I, I'm I'm taking a stand against the two Major Dude uh, as well. Last time we saw, like I said, ran in the Breeders' Cup. Uh, 
didn't run great. Didn't, you know, won the Pilgrim, but again, I don't know how good that race um, really was. I'm with you. I kind of like the six and the seven uh, as well on the outside. I went with the seven ultimately for Mike Maker. Saez aboard was aboard last time out on that win. This horse, you know, in typical Maker fashion, is you know, uh, is kind of slowly working up the ladder, each race being better than the last. And, uh, you know, just seems like a kind of horse that Maker goes in and takes a horse like this and, and, and wins, right? Maker and, uh, and Saez have been teaming up well uh, this year at 18%. Saez, uh, obviously very good, very uh, dangerous at Gulfstream Park. This horse has been running in the Kentucky circuits now here uh, for Maker. I, to me, Halterman, uh, this horse looks like, like I said, the maker horse that they just keep improving with each start, you know, running the stakes. This horse will be very dangerous. I think we'll be coming home late. I think it's a really good pick. Like I said, I, I, I'm, you know, I'll be most worried about him for sure. Uh, well, I guess I won't be too worried because he'll definitely be on the tickets. But uh, yeah, he he looks nice, and I, I think this horse. You said it with maker at the helm here. I think this horse is going to be pretty darn good. If it doesn't win here, I bet he still runs very well. Um. Shoddy wants to know uh, ham, turkey, or brisket. What are you? What are you? I don't. That's a weird question to ask, but uh, I'll go. It since, since I am hungry, I'll, I'll I'll let it let it slide. I think brisket. It to me, it's I'm a turkey guy personally, but uh, it's definitely ham. Definitely third on my on that list. Yeah, turkey. It's like it's not part of my everyday thing. We talked about this. It's just the holidays. So that's why I put brisket first, but yeah, I don't think you can go either bad with either one there. Um, ham, a smoked ham is pretty good. Uh, it could compete, but I don't think a regular ham competes with Turkey or brisket. Shoddy first moist ham. Do you like moist ham? I think. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's go to race nine. The Ginger Brew Stakes at Goldstream Park on Saturday. 100K Phillies three-year-olds going one mile on the turf. Field of nine uh, shows up for this one. Carol Consort, another Pletcher horse at seven to five. Is this a Pletcher horse you're willing to play here? Yeah, I did go with with a three in this spot. Uh, I still might use a couple of other ones. Haven't quite decided yet. Some interest in the six, seven, and the nine. But on top, I am going to go with the three here. Uh, look, I, I think the horse has been facing better and losing to better. You know, last time out in the Breeders' Cup, uh, Juvenile uh, Philly in uh, Philly Turf, just Meditate was really good. Pleasant Passage was really good. I thought this horse ran well behind him in third. Uh, I just think this horse is going to come into the race pretty tough to beat, a little bit more you know, on the up and up compared to some of the up and comers that are maybe jumping up to this level for the first time. I, I really like the three in the spot. Yeah. First start for, uh, for Todd Pletcher with this horse, Kiro consort, he of course ran a nice third um, to meditate in the breeders cup. I think that horse is a deserving favorite. Uh, I am going to try to beat her. It's not like he's not great first start uh, with uh, Todd Pletcher, but he is beatable, I think, uh, the three. So I'm going to take a shot with a little bit of a price here at eight to one. How about the seven, Navy Goat? Uh, a horse that uh, I've definitely heard of better names. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be real honest. Um, but it is it is very creative. The sire being Army Mule, Navy Goat, get it. Um, but this horse, you know, debuted on the turf, two starts, broke maiden, not two back. Rosario board that day came to Goldstream Park after running the Monmouth and Kentucky Downs. Ran on the synthetic turf course or synthetic courts, I should say. 
uh, and ran well. Ran, ran a really nice race, best race of his career. Now back to the turf. Rosario aboard here. I think the horse is dangerous. I would not be surprised to see this horse win. That the number, if the, that horse can can put what he did uh, or what she did on the uh, on that synthetic on back onto the turf, I think she's got a big shot at a big prize. So I'm going with uh, number seven, Navy Goat at eight to one. Let's go to Saturday. Stay at Saturday. Let's go to Oakland Park Race Nine. The Pippin Stakes, uh, 150k for Phillies and Mares, four year olds and up, going one and one sixteenth miles. Uh, Alterman, you know this uh, circuit better than most. I know that uh, you know pretty much every one of these horses. Love you, ride. A bunch of these horses coming out of that last race at Oakland Park. Uh, Lady Vita at two to one. Love you, ride at three to one, seven to two on coach. It's like coach keeps like, can this, can this horse ever break through? Ice Orchid, I think, is very interesting in here as well. Traverse, where are you going? Yeah, the top four comes out of that Tinsel, and I like Leda Vita in that Tinsel quite a bit. She sucked. She was fourth. Um, <laughs> I am going to play that horse on a ticket again, but on top, I'm going to go somewhere different. I'm going to go number five, Ice Orchid. This horse is really consistent for a John Ortiz. I really like that uh, Ricardo Santana jumps aboard in this spot. I really like Ice, Ice Orchid here because of the price. I wasn't overly impressed with anybody in that Tinsel Stakes Make lovely ride. The winner of that race will come back and be tough here, but I'm going to go ice orchid at this price at 12 to one. Take a little bit of a shot. Well, here we go. I'm ice orchid. That's who I picked. So, uh, you know, there's, there's another prize for me. And uh, the couple that we've agreed on number five, ice orchid. I was really between the five, uh, ice orchid and the three lovely ride. To me, it's one of those two. I'm, I'm playing against the two yet again. I, did not like that effort whatsoever last time out. Uh, the, not, the three has been working out great. I think the horse, it, she's going to be super dangerous in here, no doubt about it. But listen, you know, Ice Orchid, I think, is going to be a little bit forgotten um, based off of who else is in the race. And you know, But this horse has won at Oakland Park. It's ran well at Oakland Park. Four starts, one win, two seconds, uh, and a third. Has hit the board every single time. Likes this distance, two starts, one win, one second. Uh, you know, and, and you look at that Chaluki last time out, she can't sing beat Ice Orchid. Uh, it was a nice horse. And then before that, this horse beat uh, two back comeback winners in Bella Runner and Music Street. Uh, is this Secret Oath is a horse that beat her last uh, uh, last year in the Honeybee. Um, so it's not like this, this horse is, uh, has just been facing nobody. It just kind of runs against good horses. And uh, I think maybe the opportunity here is good enough for her to get the job done in a race that I think sets up quite nice for her. I like the fact that the six um, also were trained by John Ortiz seems to be very speedy, seems to be very fast, probably the speed of the bunch. I think they might set up the race a little bit for the five. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hope, I hope we're right on this horse because uh, 12 to one seems awfully nice to me. All right. You guys, there you go. Um, anytime. I don't, I don't know what the or what the our, our our track record is, but anytime the dudes agree on a twelve to one shot, I think you got to put a little bit of money on that, right? I would hope, yeah. Like I said, I, I don't know about twelve to one. I think a lot of people are like, yeah, we'll take a shot with this one, but we'll, I mean, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, yeah, I, I just the connections and the way that horse is consistent, it's worth a shot. All right, let's go to Sunday. Uh, we'll go back to Santa Anita race six. So prior to the sham, the Santa Inez stakes, of course, has 
was uh, postponed last weekend as grade three were 200k for Phillies three-year-olds going seven furlongs Kentucky Oaks prep race uh 10 4 3 2 1 here field of six another field of six and another situation where you've got three of them are bob baffert's fast and shiny parody and hunting coco uh you know i stancy's in here as well for mandela you got satin doll for doug o'neill and then justique the justify philly for sheriffs which one are you going with here I am going to go with ice dancing. I am pretty excited about the horse. Thought the race last time out was really solid. Love that Flavian Pratt is here riding on this horse. Uh, and I just think if she can run back to that kind of race, this might be a Richard Mandela filly that's pretty darn good. It might be one that's developing at the right time. Uh, you know, listen, I know we got Bafferts. I know we got Justique, and Justique has been really good. But I kind of like ice dancing here. I've never been the biggest Justique fan. Sometimes that's been good for me. Sometimes that's burned me. I'm going to try it one more time here. I'm going to go ice dancing on top. I think she's got a big shot. Yeah, I mean, honestly, again, another one of those cases where we haven't hadn't looked at the race super close yet. Um, but the thing is, it's pretty standout to me is this: the Bafferts aren't great in this race. You know, it doesn't, doesn't seem like that anyways. Um, I haven't been crazy about any of what these horses present. Justique, I agree with you. This horse is most definitely it's a it's an issue because like this horse is one hundred percent going to be is is overbet every time. Just it, this horse, everyone loves this horse. Um, but the horse has been good. It was really good last time out. I'm gonna take. I'm I'm gonna use her again. I just I don't love. Like I said, it's a situation where I don't love the Bafferts um, in this race, and so I'm definitely gonna try to beat them. And Justique is a horse who I think. You know, this distance, um, maybe at this time anyways, fits her pretty good. I, I liked that uh, that race last time out where she kind of came from just <laughs> the clouds. And, you know, and again, that was a seven furlongs, uh, seven furlong race and uh, just came flying late and, and beat uh, a few of Bob Baffert's in that race that day. So uh, I'm going to use her one more time. She'll probably beat me again. It is is any are any of these? I know the Oaks division is is, is even insanely more tougher right now um, to kind of get a handle on. But is Justique a horse? Even though she is running these seven furlong races, is, is Justique a horse? Obviously, you know, daughter of Justify and Bernardini Mare. I mean, obviously a horse that's got that kind of pedigree, right? She did, but she didn't, and she does, I should say, but she didn't run great when they stretched her out, so it's weird, but you would think, right? You would think she would be the type, but I don't know. I I don't know why. I just can't get fully on board with her. Um, but, I mean, she certainly is one you would think could run that distance and be better when they stretch her out. She, she's, she strikes me as a horse that the longer when they go long is like that she's going to make that run. Is she good enough to get up there? Maybe not, but she gets, you know, hits the board or, you know, she's a, she's a good horse. Um, obviously very well bred, but maybe not quite fast enough to win one of those big races. We'll find out. Um, but I do like her to win the Santa, Santa Inez and do, and do get some points for the Oaks uh, as well. So, all right. Let's go to the final one here. And, you know, we don't do many of these over the years uh, in, in, as far as rapid fire goes, but we're going to do a non-stakes here. Race nine Sunday, 
at Gulfstream Park. Got to make sure you watch this one. It's an allowance optional claiming race going one mile for three-year-olds, um, which you never want to race other than a maiden claiming or starter. And the reason we're talking about it is you've got a lot of derby potential horses here uh, that might be on that uh, on, on that route after this race. Litigate, uh, Cycle and Mischief for Del Romans. You got Mr. Ripple, Safi Joseph. Of course, he had dominated last year that uh, Florida circuit a little bit. You got Rudder's Men, a horse that you really are high on. Um, talk of the nation for Suge and Rosario aboard. So there's a lot in here that are interesting as we move forward. So we thought we'd talk about it. What do you, who do you like in this one as you look at this field? Well, look, Renner's Men is a horse I was very, very high on on draft night, and I continue to be. I think he's working out well. I think he beat good horses on debut. I think he's going to show up and run a really nice race. So I did put Renner's Men on top. That should come as no surprise if you watch draft night. This was one I was really excited to get. Uh, boy, it turns out. Not a whole lot of other people have been real excited about Rudder's Bend, so we'll see if I'm right or they're right here. But uh, look, you're going to have to be good to win this race. Litigate is a very nice Todd Fletcher runner that you mentioned. Cyclone Mischief is sneaky in here. I think that's a decent horse. Mr. Ripple was kind of a, wow, what a debut for, for Safi and kind of let's put that one on ice a little bit until we're ready to get going on the Derby Trail. Uh, this will be the first steps towards that. Uh, and like I said, you mentioned the Shig horse as well. There are really nice horses in this race. You could go a lot of different ways. I've got to go Mr. Ripple, or excuse me, Runner's Men in here because that's the one I've been highest on uh, after their debut. But boy, I don't blame anybody for going a lot of different directions here. This is going to be a really good race. I think this race is better than the Jerome. Oh, yeah. Well, I think no matter what happens as far as if it's – how big a performance or how close the race is or whatever, like as far as the potential prospects, it seemed to be a lot higher in this one. Um, I think three or four of them in here could be on, on the Derby trail after this one, regardless of the outcome. Yeah. Mr. Ripple was one that I had on my list draft night, you know, one that I, I, I couldn't quite pull the trigger on, but I did like that performance enough. And I think given Safi Joseph's success last year and, and really a lot of the times on that Florida circuit during the Derby trail, um, makes this horse dangerous to, to kind of be put in a lot of the good spots. You know, obviously beat a nice horse uh, on debut as well. Uh, dude, I couldn't – I Rudder's men, and, and I'm not necessarily uh, super high yet. You know, we'll, we'll see. You know, this is a big test considering, you know, he's got you got two pledgers in here, Litigate versus uh, Rudder's men. I don't know what we'll see from him, but I do like him best in this in this race. I liked his performance on debut best. I liked uh, the way he looked. He beat two good horses in Classic Legacy and Classic Catch. Um, won it geared down on that debut race. So I think this horse uh, is dangerous in this spot. And uh, we might see a nice... If it is him, great. But I think we might see a flash performance out of this race. It is trying to figure out which one it is this is a race where you're either going to exit and go man i feel really really good or this is a race where shit could fall apart for a horse that you really like because you got to be good to win you're going to have to have a top effort to win but it's an allowance race at the same time for non-winners right. of one and it's like oh we just finished fifth in this race but at the end of the day they were four good horses ahead of us but still it's an allowance so this is one that it's, you know, if it's a prep race attached to it, it's like, okay, at least it's a prep when it's an allowance like this, it's nervous and anxious moments. Because if I'm wrong about Rudder's men, 
you know, my fantasy team's not looking ideal. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's like, like you say, I believe there's a, there's a handful in here. Litigate is one. Um, Rudder's man is the cycle mischief get drafted. No, no, uh, but was on a lot of people's lists um, of getting drafted, but no, he did not actually get drafted. So just two, I believe, right? The two Pletchers. Uh, no, Mr. Ripple did get drafted by uh, Kelby and. Uh, oh, that's right. That's right. Um, he did. So yeah, I get three in here. So yeah, I mean, if one of these horses just finishes uh, up the track, it definitely, it, just like we talked about in the opening, it does create a little bit of concern as you move forward. You say, well, you don't have to initially win this race, but if you get smoked, definitely creates a little bit of an issue as they move, you know, down the road, especially if you're taught it's similar case for, for Todd Fletcher, as it is Bob Baffert. It's like, well, heck I've got 20 other horses, you know, what I don't need to force, you know, rudders them in on the path right now. We can just sit tight. So you, you know, you, you got to run a good race to show these trainers, um, these owners that you are capable or, or worthy of at least trying that next step. And so, Bingo. uh, if, if if Rudersman is fifth beaten eight, he's not going on the Derby Trail. No, of course not. And and uh, you know you see Brad Cox talking a lot about it lately because he's got like fourteen hundred horses, where he says he'll say the line of, "Well, they've earned the right to go to the next step. They've earned the right to run in that prep or to you know stretch out or whatever it is." Well, if you're you know a horse like this, and you know you look at these horses who. Um, you know who who are trying this for the first time a lot in a lot of cases um this is it right you gotta you gotta show that uh okay hey we we are worthy of kind of moving on to the next level so we'll see but it's a hell of a race to watch uh it could be a good betting race um depending on who you like but yeah i'm with you halterman i, I tried to beat you just to just to make you mad but i went with your horse number six rudder's men makes me feel more confident that you know you you really wanted to go somewhere else and couldn't so well to be honest with you I, the way i looked at this race was kind of how i look at you know given we don't have the odds yet but i, I kind of looked at it like i look at any race where i i, I assume rudder's man was the favorite even though he may not be but just because i know how much you like him so i'm like all right i'm gonna beat that horse that's kind of how i approach every race with the favorite so i did that and i just kept going back to him i thought i i, I I thought visually his his debut was the most impressive. I liked who he beat um, in the race quite a bit. Um, I believe I can't remember if both those horses were, but I know one at least one of those horses were drafted that night. Um, classic catch, I think, was so mm -hmm. the fact that you know obviously he beat and he beat a gear down. I mean, come on, he was yeah. it was a, it was a, just a, a stroll in the park. So I think that horse is dangerous. Um, but again, you got to prove it. I like that Irad's aboard too. So that was the big relief for me because Irad did ride on debut. And so, you know, naturally he should ride again if he likes the horse. But Irad rides for a lot of people down here. And, you know, I could have, you know, if, if, if he didn't like Rudder's Men, he would have jumped off. He stayed on. That's a good sign. You know, that would have been death if, like, you know, you get on here and it's like, I, you know, name. A jockey Paco Lopez it's on and it's like oh no yeah and I had on Mr. Ripple you know what I mean so well <laughs> it's like and I you know I had to, that's why I had to, had to draft or I had to claim tap it tries because when I claimed uh, or when I drafted abstract and this idiot move and I looked at the the race and after the fact and realized Fletcher has like his 
some someone on no it wasn't someone you know what i mean and you're like well that's an issue um and then of course the horse ran to be an issue and so you kind of have to look at the, the, those signs as well like you're saying that irad is on a sunday is and he's on that fletcher and um kind of tells you at least who maybe they think is at least the best of that of that race of the fletchers of that race so yeah i mean at worst he believes that this horse is not bad because he's stuck, stuck with him you know so that's that's good past that uh, we'll see but it, it's a good sign that he did that he's on this one because like i said if he had his choice i would say of who to ride on these fletcher runners <laughs> All right, that's all the time we have. Check out racingnews.com for our free picks and our premium selections on our products page. Click the Get Racing News Premium button to the menu at racingnews.com to learn more. Remember, we are your destination site for all free horse racing picks to all the major horse racing tracks. We're on Twitter at racing underscore dudes, Instagram, Facebook. You can find all episodes of Bleakers Off by visiting our podcast page, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, all the places you listen to podcasts. We are there. And guess what? The Magic Mike Show returns from Hibernation. They are back. And they did the Saturday late pick five at Gulfstream Park. So if you want some more analysis of the ginger brew, um, as well as what was the other one? Uh, what's the the Dana one? Beach. There you go. Dana Beach. Uh, you get the analysis there as well. And uh, maybe see what they've been doing. You know, they are live. I was happy to see that. So uh, they are back from Christmas break and they're doing the late pick five. And again, go to our YouTube page. Make sure you like our YouTube page. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube page. You can watch all of these podcasts live with us or after the fact, of course, as well as a ton of other videos. Um, I guess what is there any pressing any things you want to talk about? I do have a question for you. Okay. What was actually you know, I figure we could talk about it. We'll talk about it on air. Okay. You know, I want because I want people, I want input here. Okay. So obviously last week or on Monday with the, the awful situation in, in the NFL with Mar Hamlin and, and what happened in the Bills game is still something I think everyone, all of us sports fans are still thinking about um, with the NFL season and the final week now and what's going to happen. And obviously we haven't seen a game yet since um, that happened and, and that's looming over everybody's heads. But uh, as to try to, not to say this is important, but, the ri- yeah, we talk about fantasy a lot in here. We, you and I, were against each other in the fantasy championship mm-hmm. in our fantasy football league. We play with you know ten teams. Um, some people, you know, like Ryan, you know, our boy Ryan Stillman, his wife Randa, you know, Salmich is in it now. We got Kelby, he's in the league. A bunch of our friends from high school, that same thing. You and I are in the championship. I was the one seed. You were the two seed. We both made it to the championship. I, I don't have it off the top of my head, but. I was ahead like 62 points or 63 points. I believe you needed to score to beat me in the finals. And you had going into the last game, you had Burrow and Knox mm-hmm. in the in the game. Knox had zero points. Burrow had six points when the game got suspended. Again, if you look, if you play ESPN, it's, it was 99% to 1% was the, was the odd in my favor, obviously, but Still possible you could make the comeback. I'm wondering what, if people listening, if they're in similar situations in their leagues, what do you do in this case? And it's such a, it's it's so hard because I'm also the, the commissioner of our league. And so it's a very much a conflict of interest for me in terms of ruling it. What I would rule it in my favor, in my, per, whoever's in my spot. I believe that's the answer. But 
given it's me, it makes the decision that much harder. Well, I've told you a few times now, and you know this, that I have no argument. I was too far behind to come up and say, hey, we, you can't do that. You know, I don't like that because when you're behind 60, it was 62 and a half points. I looked it up. You sent it a little bit earlier. Is it possible? Sure. Is it probable? Absolutely not. I would say it's very slim. So uh, there's no argument for me. You, you, your decision will will be, you know, it will not be met with any kind of argument. I was too far behind to make any kind of case. If it was 30 points and it's like, and you're like saying the same thing, it's like, yeah, I, you know, I don't know about that, but 62 and a half, it would have taken career nights. I mean, I said before the thing even started, before any of this even happened, I said, this is, I'm watching this game because it's a good game. I'm not watching it for the fantasy. There's just no way that I'm going to be able to come back here and, and I, I don't, you know, the game looked like it was going to be high scoring, sure, but I still, I don't think I could have come back. So I think in your situation, it's an easy decision, but again, it's, it, it has to be your decision. You are the, <laughs> you're in charge. Well, I know if it was in the, in a fantasy horse racing league, it would not be a concern because you make all the decisions and, and uh, you don't give a shit what people think, but uh, I, I think that's what I'm most disappointed about right there. Your leadership. <laughs> You need uh, to get on that group chat and tell us what's well, going to happen. Well, to be fair, I I'm, I am not doing it. Make, I'm not making any decisions until I see the NFL makes a decision. Once the right. NFL makes a decision, I will make a very quick decision about it. Um, yes, Dennis, it is for money. Uh, we 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 have a thousand dollar pool in the thing. Seven hundred dollars for the winner. I believe it's one fifty for second place, and so it's a pretty big discrepancy between the two. Um, but I think I don't. I speak for myself, or I think I speak for you too. Like it's more about bragging rights than anything else. Like I, I just want to win, just to say I won, and saying you know you are the defending champ, and so I wanted to beat you. Um, but I really don't care on terms of the money goes. It's more of like to me, the, to me, the way I've looked, thought about it was okay. You can either rule it as the game ended if the NFL is deeming the game being non-contest. You can either rule it as it never happened. Two, you can just rule it as wherever the score was at that point. I believe he had six points, Knox had zero points. Or you say it's a tie and you go by the playoff seeding, which is what the tiebreaker system is in a lot of standard, a lot of leagues. And you say, okay, whoever has the higher seed uh, wins the thing. And that happens to, in both cases, in both the, the, the third place consolation game and as, as our game, the higher seed was ahead in both. And that's another problem for me. You know, I don't, it's not really a problem because I'm, you know, I, I don't, I'm not trying to make a case for myself anyway, but say I was 11 and three and you were eight and six. Yeah. But I wasn't, you know, so you were the, you were the number one seed in the thing. Anyway, you're the best team in the regular season. It's like, what can I really do here other than just kind of throw a fit and then, at the end of the day, you go, well, that's pretty dumb of me to do. I wasn't going to win that game 999 times out of a thousand. Could I have won it? Yes. Would I have won it? I mean, the chances are very, very slim. And, and, to, and to be clear, like in the bigger picture, it means nothing. It really, it's so stupid to even be well, bitching about it. Um, what considering what's happening. And of course, when you have well, the NFL, when you have NFL applications on the line with, with division and, and the, even the ASC one spot, and even the NFL doesn't know how to play this thing. It it puts it all into perspective a little bit about fantasy. So here's the deal. Here's what's happening day after day. 
and thank God it's going this way. The news is getting better by the mm-hmm. hour, right? It sounds like the kid's going to be all right. And so once, I think when it happened, I think the NFL, all the teams, all the fans, well, I'm not going to say all because there's crazies out there, but most normal people, including fantasy players, fans, teams, it didn't, it, nobody, it's just like, who cares? Like, I'm just waiting to hear good news on this guy, right? And now right. you're getting it. It seems like things are going really, really well. And when you get that taken care of, so to speak, and he's got a long ways to go. I'm not making light of this situation. You're getting good news, good news. And then all of a sudden, teams, the fans, fantasy players, they're realizing, uh-oh, there's a big problem here. And fantasy teams, that's one thing. Actual real NFL teams and seeding, it's a weird situation now. And the situation almost becomes worse now that we just, there, you know, we don't know what to do. And they're, they're out of time. There's no time to really for a good solution. So it's a problem. Well, that's instead. If this happens week five, then you can no have plenty of time to figure out a, a solution here. But given that we are now in the final week of the season and I don't know how flexible they are. I mean, I know you can always move the playoffs, which I've heard, but then you got to move the Super Bowl date as well, and which is a big deal. And you got to move the Pro Bowl date, and you got to, you know, everything gets gets pushed back one one week, which is not easy for uh, logistics and planning that's been going on for for months and months, you know, years even for the Super Bowl. Um, and so that becomes a problem. Trying, I obviously the best solution for everybody. Real, real football, fantasy football is that they play the damn game, right? And I think the fact that, like you said, if he is okay enough, like you know, like I, again, I want to make light of it, but if it turns like if it's like because I saw today, they say that they're like best case scenario is he is normal after this, like he returns back to completely how he was prior to the game, you know, which yeah. is amazing to even think about because I don't think a lot of us. I mean, the guy died twice. He died once on the field. He died again at the hospital, and they brought him back. That's insane to think about and truly a miracle that we're even having that discussion. But if he is okay, you, you might feel like the players might seem – it might seem more acceptable to say, okay, let's play this damn thing because let's 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 win this or lose this, you know. Because um, I don't – even as a Chiefs fan, we are the one seed now. No one really wants the one seed this way. I don't. No, no. Similar to how I don't want to split the pot with you because I don't deserve it, really. You know what I mean? And the Chiefs, if they get the one seed, that's great, but they didn't really, you know, quote unquote, earn it. You no, know? not at all. And no. that's that's what you just said has been my feeling on the fantasy. I I could throw a fit and maybe it would help, but I, it doesn't. I don't want that because I know <laughs> I wouldn't have won that game. You know, so I, I don't want to do that. And, and so. You know, people that were critical of the NFL for not canceling immediately, and it was tough. I, they needed to immediately. I've seen this happen before in hockey, and they do cancel pretty quickly. But this is why they didn't, and you kind of mentioned it. I think the NFL thought if we get some good news, we'll be able to resume this game and 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 and, and not have a ton of problems. And listen, in 1998, Chris Pronger got hit right there in the heart with a puck, and he went down to the ice, and it got him back like that, and they re- they resumed the game. And I think the NFL, in their mind, thought 
if he comes back and he's okay, we can resume this. So let's hold off and let's just see the situation. The big difference with this one is what you just said. He, he almost didn't. I mean, it's a miracle he made it, right? And when they figured out that it was that bad and we were at that situation and they processed all this, they made the great decision. But now, thank God, it sounds like he's at least on the right path and doing well considering where we were. Now the other big problem starts to loom. And I don't know what they're going to do. Dude, I, I maybe I'm being over dramatic, but I, I feel like if 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 something if it would have been the worst case scenario, I, that we may not have had finished the season. I like, agree. and I and I may be a little bit overkill, but I don't know that the players would have even wanted to play at that point. I've never seen players that shook ever in mm-hmm. any sport ever that I'm watching. Even even the Blues situation, I've seen this happen to a Blues player twice, unbelievably twice. The first time they weren't really shook at all because it literally was like he popped right back immediately when they got there. The second time they were a little bit more shook, but again, immediately they popped him back. I think the majority of those players thought they saw a teammate or a a, a fellow player pass away on the field that day or that night. When they came back from commercial the second time, I literally was more terrified than I've ever been watching a sporting event because the announcers were in tears. The sideline reporters were in tears. All the players were in tears. You don't, you just don't see that. And that's why, like, as we sit here today, I, I'm just thrilled because that was, that looked dire. And that sounded from the announcers like Joe Buck and Troy Aikman and Lisa Salters, upbeat people. And that's their job is to be upbeat and, and be excited about calling the game. Just the, the fear, you could hear it. And it, it was just, it was just chilling. And uh, boy, I, the world really stopped for for sports for about two hours. That's all we did was just, you know, try to focus on that until it was time to go to bed, really. And um, anyway, it it it's it's good news, and that's that's the most important thing right now. Yeah, I was uh, I was at the store with the boys, and uh, I was check I kept was watching the game. I'm you know checking the score periodically, and I I got in the truck and I saw that the score was or the it said delayed or postponed or, or delayed i think is what it said and i was like my first thought was oh there must be weather you know they must have like storm or something going on there because it was kind of raining here and um and then i got a message from you or somebody and i was like and i realized the magnitude of what was happening i got on twitter of course instantly and literally that whole night my stomach was in knots and not not about fantasy or not about the implications of what it means no. that was a huge game to watch obviously for for the, for implications and and you know you know for the playoffs and that thing and it was like nothing to do with that it was it was just like i couldn't focus on anything other than what was happening there and of course when you have two little boys trying to explain to them why there's a ambulance on the field and what's happening and it's just um you know it was just a moment that uh as sports fans i don't think we'll ever forget kind of where we were at and what we were doing it's a it's one of those kind of things that you just you don't forget happening it it it, it was wild and i i think that feeling you had in your stomach was at least for me was the impending doom and bad news that was going to happen because it was so yeah how, what they were presenting was just so bleak and i think if you were there in that stadium especially on that field and you saw it, right? Like we just heard what happened. When you 
are visually seeing that happening. I think that's why the reports were so so bleak because man, that is a that is a shakeup, right? I can't even imagine uh, you know being right next to a person that's that's trying to be revived basically and get his heart started again basically. Uh, and I think because of what how how that was being presented, I mean, you just were kind of scrolling through Twitter waiting for the news, uh, for lack of a better term, you know. Yeah, honestly, and uh, it was and it was concerning for sure. As as time went on, you, and you never got any updates, you kind of yeah. wondered, you know, the worst, right? Um, if you're not no updates, you're not getting, you know, you don't know what's happening. Um, I, Dennis, by the way, the Skip Bayless thing, I, I'll be honest, like I, I don't see. I hate. By the way, I should. Pre- I do not like Skip. I think he's awful i have hated him for years and years yeah. i think there's about 20 other takes that are worse than this one i i don't i didn't as i think the timing of it was what was awful about it what he said though is what we all were thinking i think that you know it's like but skip being skip he needed to he felt like he had to say something at that juncture and obviously it was very a little bit uh cold i guess you could say but as for, in terms of what he said I don't necessarily disagree with it. Um, I just think the timing was really bad. Yeah. I I think people just have a hard time with the truth because what he said was basically probably what was going on. I think every single person watching that game when it happened, that's a real, not, not, you know, a big sports fan. We're obviously like, Oh my gosh. I, I, I cannot believe like, is he okay? I hope, you know, what is happening? Like, you know, what are they? And then I think the next part of that sentence was, "What are they going to do about this game?" Even though you know what I mean, I think we all said that because it was. It's very. It, it wasn't like it was the Bengals and the, you know, the Raiders or something. Like this was a huge game. This is basically a playoff game, and uh, and I, I think we all. I think it's normal to have those thoughts. But I do agree. He the timing he said was, out loud what we were probably all thinking. Right. And that was the problem. And there's a certain way you have to act now on social media to be, uh, I don't know what the word is, accepted or whatever. And, you know, it was a stupid tweet at the time. Maybe if you tweet that two hours after it happens, it's a little bit different. It's pretty. Yeah. Stupid. When he's laying on the, when he's laying on the ground, giving, getting stupid. CPR, it's not the right time to say that. No, it's not. And knowing Skip Bayless, the thing that yeah. probably the sickest thing about it is I think he probably did it for attention more than anything else. Right. Oh, 100. That's what he does. Out of all of this stuff. He, all his takes are for attention. And you know, if you guys would just ignore him, we don't have to worry about him. Yep. Yep. Cause, Cause that's people all were asking me, what do you think about Skip's tweet? I said, I don't even know what you're talking about. I don't care what he tweets. I don't have, I could not care less what that guy says ever about anything. I don't follow him on Twitter. Come on. Because it's, and I won't name names in horse racing, but it's, it's just because it's like, well, whatever they say is pointless to under, you know, to get mad about it because you know how biased and you know how the reason he's saying it is to get the attention. So some of these people that are voting weirdly in the eclipse ballot, it's it's attention grabbing. It, it would happen last year. It happens, or or the people that pick against you know flight line because because it makes sense to try to upset you know what i mean like just because it's kind of cool to say oh i picked against him and you might be right one time out of a million yep so 
They're trying to grab your attention. They're trying to get you mad. They're trying to upset you. And that's, that's what it is. And that's, that's, that's all it really is um, with any of these cases. And, you know, that's why I said last week, I don't really care about the eclipse awards because when you see how the sausage is made and unfortunately we've seen that now, you don't really care who wins them because you know, who's voting in them. (laughs) (laughs) You know, who's making them and it's, it ain't pretty. I I don't, I'm not going to sit here and lie to you when I was a fan and I didn't really know much about the process. I love the eclipse awards. Now I know them. It's like, ah, it's, 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 I don't, whatever i mean i like a lot of people that are voting but end of the day there's no real guidelines rules anything and it's just it is what it is i mean it's fun for for people that follow the sport and i like it but you know and i like it for them but i don't i don't care <laughs> yeah dennis just just give out 71 shots and you'll get one right once a, maybe once a month and uh everyone will hate you until you get to that point and then it's, you're going to be a genius for, for a little while and then you go back to being dumb and it just, it's a cycle it happens. There's several guys in the industry that <laughs> I think we all know. Um, anyways. All right, guys. Uh, it's been a, uh, again, you know, thoughts and prayers with, with, uh, Demar Hamlin and, and everything with that. It's like, I want to make sure that, you know, I, not insensitive to what happened, uh, um, but yeah, just uh, insane, insane week in, in football, and obviously very interested interested to see not only his recovery, but uh, how the, these teams, especially the Bills, you know how how they decide how they get kind of come back from this because it's not easy. Um, I would assume, even if he's okay, to kind of rebound in such a short time frame to get right back into play kind of that playoff mode. Um, so we'll see what happens, but obviously, uh, hopefully he's okay. Um, all right, guys. I'm Jared Welch. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Thanks for all the questions. Uh, <laughs> Jared Clemens on the, uh, Yes. Thank you. You got it. Um, well, I, won't, I won't put those on the screen, but you know those are correct. Uh, <laughs> I'm Jared Welch. He's Aaron Halterman. Good luck this weekend, guys. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. This has been a presentation of RacingDudes.com, your destination for all things horse racing and sports betting. Whether you want free winners, expert insider picks, up-to-the-minute trackside weather reports, or podcasts and videos for bettors of all skill levels, never make another wager without visiting the Racing Dudes first. 